Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, um, who's been enjoying this series on finances? I love it. I think um, there's nothing wrong with God putting his finger on a few buttons, I reckon. If you're not getting some buttons pressed, you've probably got the safety over the buttons. Um, yeah, it's really, really exciting. We're going to bring this home and make, make it just, just really back down to earth and, and actually where the rubbers touch the road in some people's in our, ch- in our church's lives. But f- uh, So we're going to invite them up in a moment. Firstly, I'd like to invite Margaret, though. Margaret's coming up. She's got something she would like to share. This is totally unrelated. We had to do this to get Mel. <laughs> Melissa, happy birthday. So, a foot spa. Sorry, I'm just repeating what I'm hearing. So, uh, how lovely are the feet of those who bring good news? So, we've given her a foot spa. Oh, the diamond ladies. The diamond ladies. We've we've got a group in church. They're the diamond women. The uh, they're uh, fifty plus uh, ladies in our church. So. Um, and the amazing, amazing group. If you've not yet got involved with, um, with if, you're, if you're a lady and you're over 50 and you're not yet, in, I'm not, come and see Joyce. Um, these girls do amazing stuff and uh, they're just such a, a real blessing in our church. And, and they, they don't just get together and have fun. They actually get really deliberate and, um, and really serve towards worthwhile causes. And um, so it's a bit of a, a bit of helping themselves and helping others, and uh, which is probably the best way to have fun anyway. All right. So uh, I'm just getting straight back straight into our message. Uh, we're, we're doing a series, and the series is called the Test. And and the reason where we got the name from is uh, a passage in Luke uh, that we've been working from is in Luke 16, verses 10 to 13, and. This is the Lord. I'll read it and then I'll, I'll, I'll explain further. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who has been unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous memon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give to you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, w- what we've really been touching on is that God uses money as a gauge, as a way of, uh, of testing our hearts. And he says, the money is the least. So he's basically saying, guys, I've made this as easy as possible for you. <laughs> and, and really what it is about is about the struggle between our preoccupation. What, what, what are we preoccupied with? And he knows that in the world we're so preoccupied with taking care of our fundamental needs. And, and God's saying, hey, I want to be the one who takes care of that. I want you to be able to put your trust on me to take care of that, not on yourself. And typically we use money to take care of our needs. So what it actually is, it's a statement. Our preoccupation is a statement of where our trust is placed. And God says when your trust is placed on another, that's idolatry. And so, so often we're able to use money as the test in our life to see where our trust is placed, where, who is our God. And uh, we've had some great, great fun over the last couple of weeks, really screwing down on, on, I've loved it because everything I preached on is stuff I've had to go through. It was, when I'm pointing one finger, I've got three pointing back at me. I was checking the thumbs also, just not pointing at anyone. (laughs) 
And it's like, and so my journey with money is really opened my eyes up to actually how God wants to provide for us. And what my, my biggest discovery in walking with God in relation to finances is that God wants to give me money. He does. It's part of the blessing. He wants to give me health. He wants to give me joy. He wants to give me peace. He wants to give me great relationships. He wants to provide for my needs financially. He wants to provide for all of my needs. And money is one of those things that God really is keen on taking care of his kids. Uh, and, and, and my challenge is not getting weird about that. That's my challenge. is not Because I'm like, God, you can come this far and no further. And God starts to speak about money. La, 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 la. And, you know, and the walls go up and, and we, we stop. But it's, it's like God's like, hey, don't get weird about it. And, and really, um, and we're going to share some testimony this morning about just some people that have really done that and just stepped out in faith and just started to include God in their finances. And uh, I've, I've read both of these testimonies and they're awesome. We're going to be really, really blessed this morning. Um, I'm trying to work out what order we're going to do this in. When you get people up, you never really know how long they're going to take. <laughs> They've been. We, we need to get out the uh, red faces gong, and the uh, the orchestra. We need. To, um, so, because I, I really do want to finish with re-emphasizing from what what I was saying about how how God is just so keen on on providing for us and not just sparingly either, but just just to start with, and so everything we've done this way in the last series is really what we've done is we've we've got practical with how we spend our money, how we say we're just the real nuts and bolts of scripturally how are we to handle it, and, and that's not just see too often I think we when we think about the church talking about tithes, oh they just after my money, there's just like hey. I'm not saying that some organizations aren't like that, but if that's what's coming up in our heart, then I think that, that God wants to deal with that. Um, and so for us, it's like we, we actually, we're on God's side. God doesn't need money. And God says, I take care of your needs. So we're able just to put our trust in God. And, and what we want to do is help you guys to thrive in all areas of your life. So that's been really our drive here is to actually help you interact with money in a healthy way. And uh, so we started just real nuts and bolts stuff um, when Melissa was just so practical. And then last week I spoke on just some real heart motive stuff and, and just got in there. And then today we're just going to put some wheels on it and hear some, uh, some really faithful uh, people in our church who, uh, who God's just been amazing within the finances. First I'm going to invite uh, Crystal Hill, who's actually my sister-in-law. So she's going to come in... Uh, share just how, how good God's been to her and her family. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> so I'm Crystal and this is my tithing testimony. Um, so Isaac and myself, to us, tithing is really important. Um, it's always been a strong point for Isaac. Um, me, not so much so. So I get a bit of fear, overwhelms me, and I feel like we're not, how can we afford to tithe? You know, how can we sacrifice that 10%? what's going to happen, and it's all doom and gloom in my head. But as each blessing has come through to us, um, it's just blown me away to the point where I'm just like, it's not non-negotiable now. I don't even think about it. It's automatic. Um, we tithe as our first fruits. Um, it's the first thing that goes out before we pay any single bill. 
and um, God gets our first fruits and that's what we do. And um, there's this verse in the Bible that's become very personal to me. Um, it's one you often hear about when you talk about tithing, but I actually say it aloud when I tithe, which might sound a bit strange, but um, it's Malachi 3.10 and it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that so there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see that I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing upon you that there will not be room enough to contain it. And this has been so true in our life. And um, I had to cut it a bit short because <laughs> I had so much to say. But um, well, here's a few examples where it's been true. So the first one that I remember that comes to mind is we, we save the majority of the, our mo- money for our wedding that we were planning and we were blessed to have money come in from my parents and Isaac's parents. But it got to crunch time and we were $1,000 short and that's pretty stressful. So I remember we were tithing, we prayed about it and I, I kid you not, the day old so after we got a call saying I'd like to contribute $1,000 to your wedding. So that was pretty amazing. <laughs> um, we went to Europe for our honeymoon, which you can imagine was pretty expensive. We were there for five weeks. Um, we came back and we were broke and um, we also discovered we had a honeymoon baby and we found out we were pregnant. So um, we were living in a little two by one unit at the time and we realised that we needed more space so we decided we were going to save for a house deposit from scratch and we gave ourselves this six month time period to do that, um, to come up with $40,000 in six months. So if you do the maths, that's a lot of money to save. So. Um, what we did is we, we ended up saving one wage, living off the other. We downgraded our cars and we saved our tax returns. But even in doing that, it was so daunting to think we were going to come up with that money in the nick of time. And um, I think I did say to, tithe, to, to Isaac, do we need to tithe? Can we afford to tithe? Like it was, it was stressful. And um, he said, yes, we're going to tithe. And we, we made that conscious decision to continue tithing and we did. And we made it. We made that money in the, in the time that we needed to make it. And luckily enough, we did because Isaiah came three weeks early. <laughs> and um, mum was in the house madly cleaning. Isaac was in there painting walls so that we could come and bring this beautiful baby back home. Um, so it was in God's timing and that was amazing. Um, when we were looking for a house, we found one that we really liked. Um, it was a bit out of our budget, but we really liked it. And we were tithing and we prayed to God and we said... Um, if this is the house that you want us to have, then we pray you'll make the way for us. Um, so we put an offer in regardless of whether we could afford it or not. And um, they counter-offered. They wanted more money. So we came up with an extra five grand. That wasn't good enough for them. So I remember it was quite stressful. We thought we were going to lose this house. And we prayed about it. And we were in the shops on this one particular day. And... Um, the, the real estate agent had kind of been hounding us saying, come on, you need more money if you really want this house. And the pressure was on and we prayed in the shops and I kid you not, a minute later, if that, we got a call from the real estate agent to say that um, they've accepted your offer, their house is yours. So it's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it just blows you away. So um, fast forward a few a bit of time and we've got Isaiah now and we're down from... Two full-time incomes to one income, and anyone that's had to ever do that would know that that's a massive difference. <laughs> um, I'm working. I was working a day a week, so we pretty much down to one income, and that's a huge mongus difference. Um, on this one particular day, I had to drive Isaac's car. Isaac's car to work. So. Um, 
anything that he drives is his pride and joy. <laughs> so I was a little bit nervous about driving it to work. And on this day, um, I'd gone to work, I'd left for the day, I reversed his car out of the car bay and this car that was already halfway down the road reversed into me. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in Isaac's car. I've been reversed into. She got out. She was so apologetic. She said, I'm so sorry. It's my fault. Um, and we exchanged details. And I thought, okay, well, pretty unlucky. Bad day. Um, not my fault, though, and it's all going to be covered. Or so we thought. So we got an email from an insurance company not long after saying um, that she hadn't admitted fault and that we would have to cover the damages. So I was a bit upset about that point. <laughs> Um, a week had passed, I was back at work, I was a bit anxious, I went for a walk on my lunch break and I was just praying, I was saying, come on God, we'll be tired, we'll be trusting you, we can't afford to pay for Isaac's car damages, um, we really need you to come through for us, this is so unfair, it wasn't even my fault. And um, I got home that, well actually after, before I got home that night, I got an email from them saying, no, we're not going to budge, this is the way it is. And then I got home that night I got a call from the lady who had run into me. She said she was riddled with guilt. She was so sorry. Um, she had actually not just called her insurer once, but several times, pretty much hounded them to demand that they change their paperwork, <laughs> make her at fault, um, cover all our costs, and we wouldn't have to pay a cent. So, yeah. Um, I just remember, like, jumping up in joy and, think and thinking, wow, God, that had to be you, because it was too crazy or too much of a coincidence for it to not be God. It was just too weird. So, um, and God got all the glory. And I think God does that sometimes. He, he's like the God of the 11th hour. And he has been the God of the 11th hour for us on so many occasions where he's just come in at the last minute. You think all hope is lost. And he's made it so impossible to think that it's not him, that he gets all the glory. So, that's on purpose, I'm sure. <laughs> So um, we have this unit in Maylands and um, it's a bit of a money pit. It costs a lot of money to run and we've been wanting to sell it for a long time. Anyone that knows us would know how much we um, go on about it. Um, and we've, we were stuck in a bind where we couldn't get rid of it because the market's been so bad. So we ended up putting it on Airbnb and for about a year and a half we had people from all over the world staying in our unit. They loved it. We are international travellers, interstate travellers. Um, and then COVID hit. <laughs> so COVID hit and we lost all our international travellers, we lost all our interstate travellers and we realised that we didn't really have that many local people staying at our unit. <laughs> um, and so we were a bit freaked, well I was freaked out, Isaac's always the calm one and he keeps me sane. Um, I was thinking all oh, doom and gloom, we're going to lose this property, we're going to owe the bank money and you know we're not going to make it. And I can tell you now that that unit has been booked out every month since COVID hit us in March. We even had a guy that um, couldn't get back to the UK, so he booked it out for three months straight with Airbnb. So it's pretty awesome. And it goes on. <laughs> so like, I can't get up here and tell you every individual time that God has blessed us because it's just been so many times. Um, but what I can tell you is that there's been times where we've had every bill due at once. We've had like land rates, everything come in at the one time as it always does. And we've had to draw out on our savings and we've been down to our last dollar. And I can tell you that every time that's happened to us, a day or two later we've had money come in from somewhere. So different sources 
and not just a little bit of money, enough money for us to do what we need to do. And then Isaac will turn to me and say, let's call these people, find out how much their bills are and pay their bills for them. So, so we've gone from um, how are we going to live to let's pay these people's bills. So I think that there's just such a beautiful thing that comes with that is it's not really about us, it's about blessing other people and that's the joy that you get is if you can bless others and you know we have things on our hearts to try and help people that are in need and I think God will provide the way for us to do that. Yeah, um, but we've been blessed with so many things like furniture worth thousands of dollars, um, things for me, things for Isaac, things for the kids, and then we've been able to bless people with stuff that we didn't even, we couldn't even use. So you can have that. Um, Isaac's been made permanent in his job. He's had pay rises. Um, We've been blessed by family, my mum and um, my dad and my two brothers. We went on holiday with money we'd been blessed with. We came back and they'd redone our whole floor. Like it was these beautiful, big, stunning modern tiles because I used to get on my hands and knees with a cleaning toothbrush and <laughs> our old tiles were small, they were cracked, they had this black grout and I, I think I was fully pregnant with Alyssa at one point and I'd just get and scrub this grout to make it nice and grey colour and, um, <laughs> and we had this beautiful new floor and I tell you the grout was a beautiful white <laughs> and... Um, They've even put roller shutters on our front windows for us. So we've been very blessed by family as well. Um, I'm going to lose where I'm up to now. So just, just blessed absolutely abundantly. And um, we've been able to pay for our cars outright. Um, we don't have a credit card. We don't owe, owe anything on higher purchase. It's, it's only debts we have for our mortgages. And that's really good for me because for those that know me, I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> Um, I have to have everything in control. I have to have every bill paid on time or I just feel like I'm not coping. Um, I'm, a bit of a, I'm a checklist person as well, so you can all say poor Isaac. Um, but I do believe that in those times where it's just been, it's been chaos and it's been lack of control, that God has shown me that um, we're not really in control of anything. Um, I know I don't like to hear that, but... <laughs> You know, that he's shown me that he's, he's got our back, that he holds us in the palm of his hands, that we don't have to fret or worry, um, that he is our provider, that he knows our needs and that he meets our needs. And he has done that for us every single time and that he gives us a little and, he, and then he gives us a lot and he trusts us with that and um, he multiplies it. So that's what he's done for us. And, you know, Isaac and myself, we're not materialistic people. People that know us would know that. We're not flashy things and money is not really important to us. Um, people we love and relationships are more important. But we know that money is important in, in life and you need to have money. And, and we know that financial security is important, especially for people that are control people like me. So um, you need that security. And, and God's been able to provide it um, to us. So... Hope I haven't missed anything. <laughs> but um, in closing, I just would like to say that if you take anything away from my testimony, don't take away how blessed we've been, but take away that tithing works and um, that, you know, just remember Malachi 3.10. And, um, you know, even if you're fearful, even if you're worried, just jump in there, just do it. And God will honour that and he will bless you. And um, you won't be disappointed. And he is your provider and he's in control of the situation. So thank you. That's so good. And as we're getting these guys to get up and share, we're really, really wanting to highlight that when, when, when 
the scripture says to bring your first fruits into the storehouse, your tithe. When we're encouraging people to give and tithe, um, God's doing it because he wants to be able to open doors to bless you with. Um, he's a giving God. He's a giving God. Um, we've got to invite Daniel to come up and he's also got an amazing testimony of his journey with uh, just interacting with the promises of God in, the, uh, in, the re in regards to finances. So uh, Dan, uh, come on up. I promised myself I'd get through this testimony without crying because it's, yeah, anyway, the test. Now, the biggest test I and any of us have to answer in this life is do I believe in Jesus Christ? And for me, that the answer to that question is a resounding yes, and I hope it is for you too. And that makes me a part of God's kingdom. Now, over the past couple of weeks, we've heard about the thing that Jesus spoke about the most was God's kingdom. But then it was followed by money. So the next question for me to ask, and myself and us, is does my tithing, does my giving reflect, you know, what I believe about the kingdom of God, the kingdom that he's brought me into? And for me, the answer for that question for a long time was no. I didn't have a full understanding of it when I first got saved, because I've been a Christian for, before I came here, I'd been a Christian for about 12 years and didn't have a full understanding of what tithing was. And maybe partly what Jacob was saying was going, la, 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 don't want to know about that, that cost me. But just after being here for a few months, I just remember going home, sitting at home one Sunday afternoon and going, I have to start tithing, I need to start tithing, not, a, you know, it'll be good for me or, I, you know, you know, yeah, it's a, you know, I have to start tithing. Like, it was so strong on me. I didn't have any money at the time. So I was like, no, okay, I'm setting up my automatic direct debit and I have to start tithing. And I tell you, I haven't stopped since. And I have, you know, there's a few things that I've spent money on that are, you know, like, gone, well, did I really need to do that? But the tithe is not one of them. The tithe is not one of them. It's one of the best decisions I ever made and it helped unlock a heart of gratitude in me. Now, um, I just want to read a scripture. It's uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. In all all circumstances for this is God's, God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus and I truly believe in my own life from shifting to a heart of gratitude and a heart of thankfulness it changed the entire direction of where my life was heading which I'll share with you towards the end and for me it hasn't changed my own heart it's, it's changed life for my children but it's also for me tithing is an opportunity to say thank you to everyone here this is for me this is my family and for me it's for an opportunity to proclaim the gospel to welcome new people into this family we want a growing family here at grace church and for me tithing means my family 
grows and my family doesn't go without. So the first thing, a heart of gratitude for the gospel message. So, the, uh, so John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This gospel message changed my life for the better. Now, as I was singing this morning, uh, in the song, My Testimony, Grace rewrote my story, so I will testify. And that's what I want for other people. I want to know other people to know and to know that grace that Jesus has, that grace rewrote my story. For a long t- for those who come to my prayer group, quite often I'll pray and I'll say, I'm so grateful for the people who prayed for me. I'm also grateful for the people who shared the gospel gospel with me but as I was preparing this message I thought well I'm thankful for the people who were dedicated in their tithing and their giving so that someone could proclaim the gospel to me because it is nothing more important than that giving is at the heart of the gospel God gave his only son so that we would have eternal life now the tithe God is only asking us for 10%. He's asking us so we can also proclaim the gospel so that others may have eternal life. For me, the reason I come to church, the reason I serve on a million teams is, 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 because, is because I want people to know what, how my life has been radically changed. It's the biggest joy for me when I hear, like I go into the office on Tuesday and I've heard about someone giving their heart to the Lord. It's the best, best news I'll hear all week. And God rejoices in heaven. God has a party in heaven when you, someone says yes. That's how much he loves you. And for me, if, my, if, if I tired for the rest of my life and it meant just one person would know who Jesus was, how much he loved them, how much grace... Is, has changed their life then I would tithe for the rest of my life a thousand times over because the gospel message changed my life radically a heart of gratitude for our church John 13:35 says by this by by this everyone will know that you you are my disciples if you love one another see for me tithing is a way to sp- express our love and our gratitude to one another it says i value my pastor pastors i value the people who get get here at 7:30 in the morning to set up church i value the people who prepare the food that we do i value all the people up the back there all the people behind the scenes doing things i value the people that you brought into my life i value the people at the on the other side of that camera I value them so much. I thank you for the relationships that you've brought for me. It says, for me, tithing says, this is my family. This is my home. And, I'd, and if, if you're a good parent, then you don't want your kids to lack anything. It says, 
I don't want them to lack physically. I don't want them to lack emotionally. I don't want them to lack socially. I don't want them to lack financially. And most importantly, I don't want them to lack spiritually. See, when we tithe, we express our love and our gratitude for one another. Okay, a heart of gratitude for my own family. I tithe because this is a home for me and for my two kids, Bella and Nate. And like any, th- like any parent, I want what's best for them. And for me, the best thing is for them is knowing Jesus and being able to build friends, you know, in a godly environment and be instilled with principles. And I want them to see how much, you know, like being here, this church and Jesus has changed my life and I want them to get out of church as much as I do. I tithe because this gospel message gets taught and modelled to me and to my children. And that, to me, is more valuable than any amount of money. I can't put a price on that. And the changes I've seen in my own life (sighs) and the lives of my kids since shifting to this heart of gratitude have just been amazing. Now, the kids' team will remember Bella when she first, like, when I first left her at Kids' Church and she screamed the house, (laughs) screamed the house down. (laughs) And she barely had the confidence to look anyone in the eye. (sighs) But now... But now she's got friends over there. She happily goes over there. She said to me the last week, she said, Dad, I'm going to be brave. I'm not going to cry. And she's, she's got friends. And just this past week at school, because the journey for her socialising and interacting with other kids, it's been a big journey for her. But her teacher said to me, on, when, when I left on Friday, oh, Bella's turned into a little chatterbox. And I'm like, <laughs> to me, and it started here. It started with godly principles being instilled in her and her life has changed direction since, you know, since, you know, I had to make that decision to shift to a heart of gratitude. Now, to close, I want to share a snapshot of where my life was when I came to Grace Church and where my life is now. So when I arrived at Grace Church in April 2018, my life was a mess. It's been about four or five months since my marriage of five years had ended. I didn't have... I had very little contact with Bella and Nate. And at that point in time, I'd wondered if I ever really would again. I had debt looming over my shoulders because we'd just built a house up in two rocks and we had to surrender that to the bank. And I felt angry, I felt hopeless, I felt alone and I was just like, and I didn't see a way out. I just felt life was going to be hard forever. I was searching for answers 
Now, over the first few months, God convicted me a lot, <laughs> which was, which I needed because I, you know, I drifted away from Him. But after a few months of being here, I just remember there was a guest speaker and he spoke on thankfulness. And the verse I read earlier from uh, 1 Thessalonians stood out to me. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And all I remember thinking at the time is what do I have to be joyful about? What do I have to pray about? What do I have to be thankful for? Like everything, it felt like everything had been stripped away from me. But I remember after, going, after I, you know, God made me get over myself <laughs> a little bit, I started doing that. I started doing that. I remember one morning I was praying and I wasn't seeing the kids and I just had to say to myself, thank you for my kids. Thank you for the gift that they are to me because they're yours, they're not mine, they're just a gift to me. I started praying for my marriage which unfortunately didn't, you know, reconciliation didn't happen. But in that time, as I shifted to a heart of thankfulness, God started restoring my relationship with my children. I had a better relationship with my my now ex-wife and I just found joy in my life that I'd been missing for so long. Now when I went to prepare this message, I checked to see when I started tithing because I don't, I don't even know why. <laughs> but, but I'm not even joking. Two weeks before I heard that message on thankfulness, it was two or three weeks, it was just two or three weeks before I started tithing. And then, so God used that starting to tithe to unlock that heart of gratitude in me. And the tithe, so when I say the tithe changed the direction of my life, I mean it, it really changed the direction of my life because it could have ended up so much worse. Now we fast forward to now in August 2020. This crazy year that we've had. <laughs> but I've found a home and a family here at Grace Church for myself and for my children who have their dad back, who have such a lovely, lovely relationship with. And Bella's just at that stage now where she just randomly goes, I love you, Daddy. And it's just so beautiful. I have them three night I have them three nights a week, so basically the care's shared. My financial position is stabilized and is improving. I'm involved here, like I said, on a million teams. <laughs> but the most important thing for me is that I'm happier in myself than I've ever been because Grace rewrote my story. In Jesus I found that hope again. So I'll never, ever be able to put a price on how God turned my life around and it all started with a heart of gratitude.
That's so good, Dan. Um, that's really what, what I really want, to, want us to get out of this series and what we were really hoping would come across with these guys sharing is, is that God has good plans for your life. Like He wants you to have a good life. Um, in, the, in, the, in 1 Chronicles 29, it's talking about King David at the very end of his life and this is how he summed up his life. He died at a good old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth and honour. His son Solomon succeeded him as king. He's like, God's just saying, hey, he gave him a great life. And he, just, and he just throws in there. And money was part of it. The blessing of God in Proverbs 10, 12, it says this, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Um, in Genesis, it talks about the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But even when it's talking about Abraham, this is his servant describing him. It says, uh, I'm Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly and he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. You don't want a donkey, but whatever. But it's saying he's blessed him and he's become rich. It's just talking about the part of the blessing. Part of it is, is wealth, is finances. God wants us to thrive financially. And it's not so you can like swim in your money, swimming pool like Scrooge McDuck. But it's like for for the gospel to go forward, for you to have a healthy life, for you to be able to provide for your kids, for you to be able to feed the poor, for you to be able to just successfully live in this world. Um, and I love how it describes Isaac uh, in Genesis going on. It says, Isaac planted crops that the Lord uh, in the land and the same year reaped a hundredfold. Just a little in brackets there. That was through a drought when no one was reaping nothing. He reaped a hundredfold. It says, because the Lord blessed him, the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. It's just part of the blessing. Like God wants you. So it's time we stop getting weird about money. It's time we stop getting weird about money in general. It's time we stop getting weird about money when it comes to God. It's just like, hey, get over it. God has blessed you. He wants you to thrive in that area. And all we've got to do is interact with him in the way that he says to in, in regards to finances. And that includes how we spend our money, how we work for it, and how we give it. And when we put God first in our finances, it says he unlocks the floodgates of heaven. He opens the floodgates of heaven and pours out so much blessing in your life that you won't have room enough for it. You know, how cool was that? Ring up people and say, Hey, you guys got any bills need paying? I remember Isaac different times has even rung up. I said, hey, does the church have any bills that need paying? And it's like, yeah, they're big bills. And he's like, how much? And then we uh, just don't tell him all of them, just tell him this one. And then, and then he's like, yeah, and so, okay, ring back a little bit later. Is there any more? I'm like, you know, and, and that's like, not to, I'm sure Isaac won't want any of the credit, but that, how would you like to be doing that for people? Amen. Let's pray. I'm just going to commit. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the generosity in, our, in, in this church, Lord. I just call this church a conduit, Lord, from heaven to earth, Lord. You say that we're to pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. I thank you that there is no one hungry in heaven. They walk on streets of gold. Everyone's well taken care of, Lord. Lord, I just call this church well taken care of, and I call us people who... Uh, take care of others lord a church that uh, is at the, where the gospel can be preached not just in this house but through this house lord we we want to be faithful with a little lord we want to be trusted with much lord we want to be faithful with what is yours god so you can give us what is ours 
We just thank you for these testimonies, Lord, that just show how faithful you are. Lord, just as a family, Lord, we commit to serving you and being preoccupied with you in your kingdom and not with our need, Lord, not with money, God. Just while we're all just in this attitude of prayer, I, I just want to, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today's your day. If you're sitting in church here, if you're watching um, online or you're listening, today's your day. What that means is saying, God, you're first in my life. God, I want to follow you. The scripture says that when we choose to make God first in our life, he washes us clean. He gives us an experience that the Bible says is born again. And if that's you, I just would love it if you just, just while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, if you just would just lift your hand in the air just for one moment. Yeah, I see that hand there. We're just going to pray as a church. And even if you're already a follower of Jesus, I just want you to join in prayer with us. And if you're online uh, watching or listening, I, just, I want you to join us as well. And if you're praying this for the first time or you're recommitting to God coming home, I just ask that you pray it and mean it with all of your heart. I repeat after me, guys. Dear God, I choose to follow you. I choose to put you first in my life. Please forgive me for living life my own way. Wash me clean. Thank you that today you've made me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, uh, we'd love to get in touch with you. We'd love to, uh, if you're online, let us know in the comments. Uh, contact us via Facebook or over the internet and we would get some resources to you and if you're in here we'd love I'd love to have a chat with you and pray with you personally and total segue into we've got our new Christians course coming out after the service which I think Pastor Mel will tell us a little bit more about right now awesome. thank you so much that was fantastic thank you so much Crystal and Dan amazing testimonies and what a brilliant series it's been hey and today was a very special service as well hey it was awesome um, we've got baptisms coming up which I spoke about um, in the announcements and it's such an important step in your journey in God so if you've not been baptized Pastor Jacob is doing um, a lesson at the Grace Hub at 12 noon, uh, which is just around the corner on Forest Road. So if you've got any questions, you're thinking about it, you're not so sure, um, you know, you're kind of on the fence, then that'll be your next step. Have a chat to Pastor Jacob and think about um, joining that. And we've got baptisms on the 20th of September. And Father's Day is next week. Are you ready, fathers? Dads, in the house. Josh and Jacob are organising the service for us, so we're a little bit scared. There's going to be some games, some cool stuff. There's beef brisket, rolls and gravy. Uh, there's gifts for the dads. There's dad awards. It's all happening next week, so make sure you're in the house. And bring anyone, any, you bring your dad, your brother, your uncle, um, your kids. If they ask you what you want for Father's Day, say, I want my kids to be in the house of God, so why don't you come? And so let's fill the place. There's, we've got more chairs down down the back there so they're filled today which is awesome but we can whip out some more chairs there's plenty of space uh, in the house 
And, um, and then what's happening after that? Pastor Donna from Alpha Crucis. Uh, it's going to be an awesome service as well on the 13th of September. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Mel. Mel, Follow Mel Crothers on Instagram, uh, Facebook. She has CDs, uh, beautiful voice, and so make sure you follow her. And Ronan as well, thanks for joining us. And Darren, hubby Darren, cool, awesome. We're going to close the service. Tea, coffee, whatever food uh, the team have got out. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week.